Ladies and gentlemen, what an honor. Uh, welcome to the Denny Artachi <laughs> Show. On this special podcast, we're not in our normal studio because my producer decided to take the day off. <laughs> good so, for him. Good for him, exactly. So we're in my office, and I'm sitting here with retired Rear Admiral Thomas Lynch. Thank you so much. Let me shake your hand. My, my God. pleasure. My pleasure, Dennis. How many Rear Admirals are there in history? Uh, can't be that many. Oh, right? there's quite a few of them. Right. Yeah? There's a lot of them out there. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, if I may brag about you just a little bit. So uh, you were Rear Admiral in the United States Army. You were the superintendent. Navy. Oh, excuse me. I'm the <laughs> Army guy. <laughs> Randy says he, he, he busted stones with you because you took him to the Army-Navy oh, yeah. game. And he was the only Army guy there. Right. <laughs> Did I tell you who so, won that game? Who did win the game? Navy. Of come course. On. <laughs> Absolutely. I stand corrected. He's rear, uh, rear Admiral of the Navy, not the Army. Uh, he was a superintendent of the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland, from uh, June 91 to August 94. Randy loves you because you're born in Ohio, so you're a Buckeye. Buckeye all so the way. That's yeah. why he, he, he enjoyed Ohio. getting yeah. tortured with you. And, um, you know, you've got such a career. You were a football guy. So were you really Roger Staubach's teammate back in 1963? Not only that, I was his center and uh, a linebacker on defense, but we went both ways. Yeah. So I was a center on offense, and I always say, Roger knows me very well. <laughs> <laughs> Did you also start a, a, a finance company with him? Or I thought I read no, no, that. No, no, no. I, I worked with him for a while. When okay. I... Uh, when I retired from the Navy in 95, I went up to Philadelphia in venture capital, public okay. venture capital company called Safeguard Scientifics. Did that for a good number of years, and then uh, and we bought about 15 companies, eh, it's probably an exaggeration, probably about 10 companies public during that period. Okay. And uh, and then my wife started having some medical issues. I was going to do pro bono charitable the rest of my life, and so a combination of things, uh, you, you find out that the the uh, nonprofit world is basically a fundraiser, uh, and, yeah. uh, and I don't mind writing the check, but I hate to ask people for money, so I kind of got out of that some just about the same time my wife started having some medical issues. She died in 2010 after a long, uh, debilitative, debilitative uh, four and a half years, and uh, when she died in 2010, um, that's when I first met uh, Rob Posner at New Day USA and became a board member at New Day. And yes, uh, Randy and so I During that period, in the interim period though, I mm -hmm. forgot to say in the interim period, I did some consulting work and actually worked for Roger in, okay. uh, in the Staubach. Uh, Roger formed the uh, Staubach company, commercial real estate company, when he retired from football. Okay. And I had a pretty good Rolodex for D.C., Washington, D.C., because I'd been chief of legislative affairs and, and lived a lot of my life in, at the Pentagon. And so uh, uh, we established the federal practice group there in Washington, D.C. And uh, so that's how, and I thought I would be moving down to Annapolis, but uh, I stayed up in Philadelphia and commuted. But anyhow. You know, you look uh, younger than you are. You were born in 42. You still yeah, have 80 big ones. <laughs> Octogenarian. Wow. Hard to so uh, you still have all your marbles, which is great. Well, people say if I'd known I'd lived that long, I'd take a better care of myself. <laughs> That's what Mickey Mantle said, yeah, yes. Yeah. So uh, you've done a lot. You were a boxer back then, too? Did I read that correctly? At the Naval Academy. I, I boxed in the off-season to uh, stay in shape, yeah. Okay. 
You look in pretty good shape now. What do you do as an 82-year-old to stay in shape? I try to every morning spend a half an hour on the treadmill. Okay. And then uh, an hour of uh, Pilates. I've been an instructor and haven't been able to do it down here. I'm moving from Annapolis to Palm Beach, and but uh, up there I have a, my private instructor, and I do it every morning, an hour of Pilates. I really Pilates is great. I really think we should all stay active oh, at, no at every age. Otherwise, I mean, if you're just a couch potato, you're just going to sit there and die. No question. No question. That's why I'm so blessed right now with New Day. It's, uh, yeah, I want to talk about okay. New Day, but Good. I want to first also tell you, because you asked me, hey, why did you join, you know, why did you join the Army? That was one of the first questions that you asked me, and I went, gee, I wasn't expecting that. But my dad was a veteran. He was a Korean War veteran. So was yeah. my uncle. And at that time, I didn't realize, he, my, my, my pops was like, listen, I know you love rock and roll, but trust me, go in there, get your butt kicked, learn some lessons, it's going to help you in life. I was 21 years old, and he was so right. Was I there think, leadership in a very early yes, age? Yes. I was wearing the sergeant stripes in boot camp, advanced training, I was airborne, I competed that I, I did as, as much as I could and I learned a value of hey you know what life is about doing what you don't want to do yeah. because someone else is kind of telling you for the good of it all and I think a lot of younger people should experience that I'll tell you something else and I found this in my latter years is that many people come up to me thank you for your service and I appreciate mm -hmm. that very much and I respond that thank you but it was a privilege and honor to serve and then, then they'll say, you know, I should have stayed in. I was in the Marine Corps for four years. I wish I stayed in. That was, or that was, my time in the service was the best years of my life. And, you know, and I look back, and why do they say that? And I think in many cases, and maybe in most cases, it's the first and only time they're part of bigger, something bigger than themselves. Yes. I mean, it's, we don't care what your background is, what your socioeconomic situation is, what your creed, race, color, whatever it is. Right. Hey, we're here to get the mission done, and we're all in this together. And I depend on you, and you, and you, and you, and you got to depend on me. We're all here together, and we don't know at any point in time we're in a major conflict. So we've got to, uh, our lives depend on it. And, uh, and you're part of something bigger than yourself. It's a noble purpose. Yes, so. because you know what? Everyone is equal. You earn everything you get. Yep. And uh, excuses are not used. No, no, <laughs> you, no, no. You either can do something or you don't do something. And it's yeah. one of my favorite um, lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. Oh, yeah. Right? You're yeah. either going to lead or follow me or get the hell out of the way if you haven't figured it out. Exactly. You know, I wish more of our, I, I love our country. And yes, I proudly serve, not, you know, uh, I probably served in the military. I wish more of our country had that kind of camaraderie because, you know, I did feel like I was part of a big family in, this, in the Army and you were in the Navy. We were all on the same team. And you're right. We didn't care what your race was, what, where you were from originally. When we all got in there, you got your butts kicked and I you earned so everything together. Too. We, think, we think we would like to see a National Service yes. Act so that... You know, like the Israelis, I mean, you have to serve in the military, ma mm -hmm. male, female, doesn't make a difference, just for a year or two, or I think it's over there for a year or two. Uh, and if we had something, I, I know Senators Warner and Nunn had, in 1985, tried to make that happen, or, or proposed to build, it never went anywhere, but so many people, and I, and I truly believe, you don't have to be in the military, 
be in the Vista, be in the Peace Corps, yes. clean the bedpans, mm -hmm. clean the uh, right. and be a part to say, I'm doing something for my country. I appreciate the the values and the and the and, and all the privileges we have in this country, and a lot of people made this happen, and I'm doing my my little bit to to be a part of that. And uh, if we had every uh, all of our youth coming up, but it's uh, I think probably, a, a, probably a, a wish too far. No, I think a life of service is a life worth living because no matter what kind of business you're involved in, or really. The life of service is, is a noble one. Well, so you have to be alive. You spend a year or two. You say, yes, yes right. but, but I got you. I, I got stand you. correct. You, you learn yeah. it, so therefore you live your life. Yeah. You know, you said they don't know why they got out. I know why I got out of the Army, because we were at a time where there were some conflicts available, and I had a reunion, and some of my friends who stayed in, they're pretty screwed up. And Randy and I have done a lot of... Uh, charitable things for veterans. Right. Too many veterans are homeless. Too many veterans are suicidal. They're depressed. You know, they were this great soldier in, then they came out without the support of dealing with PTSD and other things that happened to veterans. Mm -hmm. You've been retired officially since 95. Right. <laughs> okay, so... One November 95. <laughs> have you stayed in touch with some of your uh, people you served with? Not really. Uh, uh, because I was up in Philadelphia in the civilian world and uh, financial services and uh, never really, uh, I mean, do I stay in touch with some? Yes. Yes. I mean, probably a, a dozen guys that I'm really close to and, mm -hmm. and, and my all the guys on my football team from the Naval Academy, we're, <laughs> we're, we're very close. Uh, I bet you are. Oh, yeah. So uh, but you, you also uh, commanded the Eisenhower Battle Group during Operation Desert Shield. Correct. And uh, when you founded... Uh, New or help be part of New Day Veteran Mortgage Services, does it just help veterans only? It doesn't help the general public? We do VA home loans only. Okay. So Which I have one. Yes. Yeah, sure. Great. Sure. Come hey, with us. We'll give you a loan. I, I we locked, buy that mortgage. Listen, I locked in two and a quarter. Uh, no, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When I saw that the rates were so low, oh, yeah. Uh, what like a year and a half or so ago, I took advantage of it. Oh, but so many veterans did. We it was a bonanza year for uh, New Day because we were. That's all we do is help veterans, and uh, they, and, and uh, if you have a VA loan and you want to get a lower rate, they have something called an Earl uh, uh, interest rate reduction loan. Yes, and, I'm and familiar you just, with you that. You just go right down to the next one and then cost you much, hardly anything, and uh, you get a new loan for the lowest rate possible. Yeah. It's a great program. I know a lot of people are upset because, you know, I use the VA for health insurance. But I said, hey, you all could have joined the military, too, and gotten the same benefits. That's I mean, right. That's right. Uh, uh, police officers have special things uh, for them, too. They, they certainly put their life on a line. You know, I wish that uh, I'm a present CEO of my own financial services company, and I would love to help veterans because a lot of them, just like everyone else, needs help. Maybe we can talk about... Uh, being part of the New Day arm, I don't know if you have a financial services division. Not at this point, we don't know. Um, I gotta believe uh, when you lost your wife, she was a love of your life, and that was pretty devastating, seeing her suffer the way she did. And uh, you had to suck it up and be there for her. That's right, that's yeah. right. I mean, she was paralyzed on the left side, and you can live with that, but uh, for four and a half years, uh, not only was she paralyzed, but she was in constant chronic pain. And we did, I did everything, uh, we did everything, I should say, from 
Hopkins uh, Pain Management Center for a couple of months to Oxycontin to hypnosis to acupuncture and I was just looking into medical marijuana when she had another stroke and died but uh, she was a beautiful woman and we never had a I, I can't remember having an argument with her from 46 years so uh, maybe that's part of the Navy being away, <laughs> away a lot but uh, no, well, you're she, lucky I was because blessed. I was blessed yeah and uh, she obviously was your soulmate and uh, my god I think your your career prepped you for things like that because really life is life is hard a lot of people think that you should coast and it's easy life is hard there's a lot of uh, your health can be affected our country can be affected peace can be affected economics and I think uh, what the military shows you is to suck it up and come up with solutions instead of crying about it well we all know that uh, we're not going to get through this this uh, this life free freely and I tell the young people at New Day, I mean, uh, we're all going to have experiences they in their lives are going to experience maybe a divorce, maybe a death, maybe kids going with kids, uh, tuition payments, taking care of parents. I mean, whatever it is, right? Uh, there's going to be a cost, but, the, but your health is the most important. Your health and your sanity, absolutely. Yeah. If you don't feel well, if you're not uh, physically uh, active, you're kind of waiting for the inevitable. Because no one here is going to get out alive, last I checked. That's right. I, I also am a man of faith uh, because if I... Me as well. If I believed in this world, I would have perished a long time ago mentally. So that's great that uh, New Day is national organization. I mean, you're in every state. I see the commercials. Right. It's a great organization. Thanks for having that available for... Do you have many... Uh, are there many companies that actually do VA loans out there besides New Day? Oh yeah, I mean any any mortgage company can do a VA loan. I mean we, we just specialize in that, mm -hmm. uh, and we we specialize uh, in that we give almost customized service to the veteran, um, and and a veteran, and we're talking about a two hundred fifty three hundred thousand dollar home, uh, and a veteran who, uh, for whatever reason, for all the things we just talked about. I mean, kids and medical medical issues and divorce and whatever it may happen in their lives. Sure. Uh, and those things all happen to all of us as human beings uh, at some point in time maybe. And when those things happen, those are expenses and, and uh, the income doesn't provide or something happens in an emergency situation and you gotta use that credit card. And that credit card is 19, 21, now 23% interest rates. Uh, and then you get to a point you can't get from A to B, and you go to your local bank who's got your mortgage, your home mortgage, sure. you're not going to miss a home payment, but they'll miss a credit card payment. And uh, so now the FICO is less than 700 maybe 650 maybe 630 maybe 620 And wherever they go, Money Center Bank, uh, Credit Unions, USA, uh, Quick and wherever, uh, they put them in the machine, it comes spits out, not qualified, take a walk, I don't even want to know your last name. And they'll, now they get to a point where they almost have no hope and they'll see an advertisement on TV or we'll send them a letter and say, mm -hmm. you're a veteran, give us a call. And, uh, and we can only help, we get 20,000 calls a month and uh, we fund about 2,000 loans a month because okay. you've got to make sure it's a net tangible benefit for the veteran, something that's worthwhile for him or her and uh, they have the means to repay the loan. We're not doing you a favor to give you a loan that you can't repay. And, uh, and people need to understand that even though 
What's great about the VA loan is you don't have to put anything down, but you still have to qualify. You have to. Oh, no question. You can't be a risk to default because that does uh, no one any good. That's right. And I want people to know that just because there's no down payment, you still do qualify. And I always try and preach to clients and prospective clients how important it is to have good credit. Keeping a, a good credit score, low balances, don't buy something because it's on sale. Because they, they keep piling on top of the credit, and before you know it, they're in the hole $20,000, No question. And there's a Pew study out that says, of all American families, 43% of whom, this is a survey of American families, 43% of all American families, they've got a $400 problem, they've got to take out a loan, or they've got to sell something to solve that problem. A $400 that's, problem. That's almost half of America. And uh, you know the car breaks down, the air conditioning goes out. What the heck do you do? Right. You got a, you got a wife, you got some kids, you got things, you got a family. What do you do? And uh, it's, it's and that's but that's and our and our veterans are in the same thing. So that's why I, for me, at the ripe old age of eighty, to be at this stage of my life, to be able to do something that makes meaningful and gives back to the veterans. You talked about suicide a minute, a little while ago. I have, you and I go to get a car loan. Our your FICO score, my FICO score is 750, 770, something like that. So we get this rate on the loan. If I go in there with a 650 FICO score, right. I get that rate plus it's another couple of points on there. So now I can't qualify for that auto loan or right. it's draining me. So and then it reach a point where you, and if I can't refi my house, that's my equity in the house. If I can't get that money to get me over this problem, I lose hope. So maybe that would, if, if nothing else, uh, leads to the suicide rate that we see with that. Yes, money is a, besides health, it's the biggest problem for married couples. Uh, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck. COVID did not help things in the last few years. People were decimated, they couldn't work. And if, if most people don't follow having at least three to six months in reserve for emergencies, and they are living paycheck to paycheck. That's exactly what happens. The furnace blows, the car breaks down, your AC unit goes bonkers, and you cannot afford four, five, six hundred dollars. You have to borrow money to pay it. And um, I try and help people as much as I can on the financial side of it. And uh, I always tell them before you invest in the stock market, you know, the thing that goes like this. Exactly. Make sure that you have cash. For, you, you're not supposed to invest all of your monies. You have to have cash for emergencies. The other thing is, if veterans did buy the last few years, they probably have great equity in their homes and they can borrow. Do you all do HELOCs as well and things like that? or? Not really, no. We're strict to the uh, VA 15, 30-year okay. uh, VA. 30-year, okay. Yeah. We don't do arms. We don't do... Uh, uh, and, but we're looking at these things because it's needed out there right now. Yes, that's correct. And, uh, as long as it's favorable rates. Now, exactly. The problem is rates have risen the last year. I mean, even the Fed went up three quarters of and he's probably going to raise it again yeah. to stifle the inflation. I'm yeah, curious. So you, you've, you've retired since 95. Do you think the military has changed much since, you know, where it is now compared to where you were and doing your thing? I think we all no matter what profession we were in, how great it was, and we remember the good times and yeah. can't forget the bad times. Or, uh, but I, I see the young people at the Naval Academy is what I see, because I, I live there in Annapolis, 
and uh, uh, they're as bright and energetic and conscientious and want to serve as much as my generation Great. when I was there. So I'm proud of that, uh, and so I see that every day, so that gives me a lot of hope. Uh, I do see some things in the military that uh, upset me, and the way we abandoned uh, Afghanistan, I mean, that was horrific. Uh, that, was that. that was and, a tough one. That was a tough one. You know, some other things that are going on out there that I really uh, I question, but uh, I'm just hopeful that long term, uh, we as a nation, we've always been uh, resilient, we've always been uh, creative and come back, and and, uh, and these things go in cycles, so I think that uh, Long term, an institution like the military is not going to, they're not going to see the demise of the military. That's for certain. And I think we're going to be, uh, uh, when the, right now we haven't had a direct threat, and we have that direct threat, which could be the Chinese next. I think at this point in time, the way they're building up, we've seen, uh, uh, you know, Putin uh, showed the world that uh, there are some bad people out there that do a lot of bad things, and that's why you, you know. Well, who wants to have a military? I don't want to have a military. I wish we didn't have a military. I wish we'd never have a war. I exactly. But, uh, I, I wish we would just uh, have peace. I mean, but un unfortunately, that is only obtained through strength, strength and respect. To deter war, and that's why, right, that's why I spent 32 years on active duty. Uh, you know, you have some people around the world <laughs> that just... They're bad uh, people out they're, there. They're very bad people, absolutely. They want to... Uh, it's not just about defending democracy. I've always thought that, unfortunately, America, we're officially the bouncers of the world. And we've, we've uh, sacrificed so many lives, so much money. Treasure. I, yeah. I, yeah, I hate war. I wish yeah. we never had war, but, you know, unfortunately. I wish we never wouldn't have to have a police force. But True, look yes. Where, look where we are now when they, we're trying to do away with the police force. And, and now we're, see all the, the rising crime and what we have. I mean, good. God-fearing people are out there trying to raise a family. They need, we need that cop on the corner, just like it. And so the military is much the same way. You know, and I dedicated 32 years because, uh, if not me, who? Uh, and I spent, there were sacrifices there, but uh, hey, I had, uh, it was very challenging, rewarding, demanding, satisfying, sometimes dangerous, but it was a wonderful career. Wouldn't change it, do it again if I had to. And, uh, and we, had a philosophy of peace through strength, yes. And we trained the way we're going to fight. So right now, today, all over America, all over the world, all over the globe, we have men and women doing a lot of dangerous, tough, arduous things in all types of weather because we don't know when that conflict's going to happen. We got to be prepared for it. And yes, accidents happen, and people get killed and maimed and hurt and things like that. But uh, it's the price we pay as Americans for our freedom. So. Yeah, there's, there's nothing perfect. There's yeah, no utopia yeah. out there. I wish I was, wasn't was so old. Well, I know compared to you, I'm not old, but <laughs> I'm going to be 59 next month. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, whoa, where did that time go? Oh, I I'm too old to be part of uh, National Guard because I would I would certainly join to defend our, our, our borders and countries. I'm not going to put on BDUs and go into a desert somewhere. Right. I'm too old for that. Um, but I do pray for our military, law enforcement. I know they get a bad rap. Yes, you know, in any profession that's out there, I don't care. And there's bad actors in any profession. Correct. I mean, you, know, if you can't assume that all of them are bad. Yes, there have been some questionable people in law enforcement, but there are so many more that save lives, put their lives 
on the line every day. Same thing with veterans. I know uh, back when Vietnam was being fought, you know, the veterans got a bad deal when they came home. You know, they, they didn't start the war. They didn't uh, right. make up the war. They were just trying to do what, uh, you know, they were told to do and, and defend as much as they can. I hope that in some day sooner rather than later that we do have a peaceful world, but we just don't know. I don't see it anytime soon calming down uh, quickly, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and we do need a strong military. I'm glad that we have things like New Day for Veterans. I do, uh, do you go to the uh, VA here in uh, West Palm Beach? I've not been there yet, no. You have not? But I will. Okay. I'm trying to, I'm just becoming acclimated for the West Palm Beach area, so okay. I'm trying to get to get around as much as I can to the Fisher House. And, and, we, and we, as New Day, we've sponsored a lot of uh, the patriotic things, the 4th of July, we'll be speaking there. Yes, and, uh, Randy and know. I and uh, Commander Jim are going to be performing for Congressman Mast on July 2nd. Okay. We're uh, raising money and awareness for veterans. Again, we try and do as much as we can for veterans. We, we have a, a special soft heart for it because we are veterans ourselves. And... Um, a lot of them, a lot of them are, are homeless in the in the area. A lot of them are hooked up on drugs. They've lost sight of God and life, and it's it's sad to see because uh, you know it's true for anybody, not just veterans. But they they did so yeah. much for the country, and it looks like many have turned their back on them. So that's why whenever I can speak to someone like you that's done so much, I I really. And proud and, and thank you for your service because you you really put your life on the line for many years and you led and um, now you're still leading and helping veterans with well, the new day we have about 750 young people the average age is 26 mm -hmm. and uh, if I had them all out here and I've done this before sure how many of you have had a veteran cry on the phone every hand goes up like that and so that just drives me. I mean, I'm just so passionate about that to have these young people that you call as a 59-year-old or a 60-year-old or a 65-year-old, and I'm not asking for a hand up, handout, but I need a hand up right now. Sure. My FICO 650, nobody in the country will talk to me. I can't talk to any bank or any credit union. Anybody will t talk to me, but I see the Admiral on TV and Maybe you can help. And that first call is a 45-minute call. It's a discovery and call? Treat, and we treat every veteran with dignity, deference, and respect. And we like to help all of them. And those we can't help, we tell them, here's the things you need to do to get that credit score up and to be able to qualify in the future. And, uh, and of course, so many of them. I mean, we talk about now the interest rate just went up uh, 75 bips. It's now up to over 6 uh, is it now six percent to do a thirty-year? Oh yeah! Oh yeah, my yeah. God! Oh, it's yeah. gone up that quickly. Oh yeah! But you get this: in 1981, Captain Tom Lynch. <laughs> okay, January of '81, twenty-one percent VA home loan. I'm laughing. Yes. VA home loan, twenty-one percent, and you know, I jokingly said I had to do everything but lie to qualify. <laughs> And I was just so thankful that I got a 21% home loan because no, I didn't have any money to put down. I don't know how you guys yeah. did that. Right. Yeah. Inflation was out of control. 18% yeah. was considered good, right? 18 and 14% to buy a home. Oh, no question. We're so spoiled with home ownership of what it's been the last five to years. To me, 6% is like free money. <laughs> it is free money. Historically, <laughs> if you can buy a home for 6%, 
that's historically been an outstanding rate. Yeah. So, you know, when rates were as low as they were, I kept telling people, buy, buy. Yeah. What are you doing renting? Because your landlord could always raise the rent. I was on TV saying, why rent when you can buy? Correct. And uh, you, know, you know what it is? You have to qualify and you have to be responsible. I think mentally people go, you know what? I'm not really committing to anything. And if it doesn't work out with rent, I'll just leave. But what they fail to see is you're, you're getting something for your money. You have ownership. It's never been, it's still even at 6%, historically, still a good deal. It is better than renting. You're building equity. But I think, uh, Admiral, the problem is most people have to qualify. They don't have the credit score. They don't yeah. have the reserves. And you have to prove that you can afford to pay. I don't even know. If someone has a history of just renting, can you use that for a loan? You can't, right? It's still based on yeah. FICO score yeah. and debt to uh, equity ratio, now, right? Yeah, but now there's a one of the credit bureaus, Experian, They've got a program called Boost. Okay. And so with Boost, if you sign up for that, and there's no charge, but you sign up for that, and they will help you. Like you say, if you made your rent payment on time, you yeah. made your Xfinity bill on time, your whatever installment loans, you made all those on time, they will give you credit for that. Well, that's what Versus, I'm saying. That's what I'm asking. Telephone, yeah, yeah. It's that, called Boost. Boost. Experience. Well, I think that's Experience the problem. It's just a wonderful company. If you've been renting for many years, uh, you have to show a history. But a lot of it still has to do with your debt and how much you're making. If you're only making 40000 a year and you've got 20000 in credit card debt, you're not going to qualify, or and you have a car loan, you're not going to qualify to own a home. And that's what people need to understand. Yeah. I try and preach I uh, to live within your means or below your means. Either make money, more more money, or live on less. Hopefully, do both yep. at the same time. Yep. Home ownership is still, I really believe it, because the price doesn't go up like rent can. You are building equity, and when you do have enough equity, you can take money from that equity in case you get in trouble. There's a MBA uh, has got a statistic out, and I'm not quite sure the exact, but it's like. If you've rented all your life and die, your legacy, your net worth is about $50,000. If you've owned home and die, you're, and this is average throughout all of America, sure. it's 500000 So it's 10 times right there if you own your home and not have just spent the rent. That, that rent goes right there and down. And, you know, rents have gone up 40% since January. Absolutely. So Everything's you're, you're, gone up. Oh, yeah, no question. This inflation yeah. is not transitory. It's, not it's at all. scary. Not and at all. And you put trillions of dollars, you just print that money and put it out there. There's got to be, somebody's got to pay the piper. Someone and has to pay the tab, yes. And that's all of us together and in the same unfortunately, pot. Yep, yep. I, I don't know. I, I'm... Uh, I'm really concerned about our economy and our, and our country, and I hope that more people uh, can be fiscally responsible, because that's what, that's what it is. We're talking about being fiscally responsible. I never understood how economics think people frivolously spending in the economy is good. Yeah. <laughs> if they're buying out of control, it's good. Uh, we also do have the potential for recession. I never thought I'd say that, but we do. I think they've lowered GDP to 1.7 estimation, which historically around oh, yeah. two to three is the norm, but we right. were, uh, I think 
you know, our generation or my generation has had it easier because we didn't deal with the depression. We had 2008. But I think what's happening now is the old school of, hey, you've got to watch your dollars. You've got to save it. You're not supposed to spend as much and act like it's going to last forever. Well, what I worry about, too, is the, uh, the, the current younger generation, whatever, X, Y, Z, B, whatever it is. But the uh, young people today, I've had so many different, a caterer in Annapolis, for instance, uh, but so many, uh, the, and, and uh, a guy that runs his own business, he can't get anybody to work for him. <laughs> they make more money, they make more money sitting at home than they would working that oh. weekend. And he said, I, that's, uh, that's hard for me to understand. So yeah. you're because of the stimulus and then the uh, unemployment. And yeah, so, yeah. I thought they stopped that though about six to eight months ago. I think it's, uh, I don't know, but I think it's. But they I, can't get people to work. Nobody's working, no. <laughs> Maybe they're waiting for you and me to keel off and give them the money that's left over. You know, this is gonna be a, a, a transfer of wealth like we've never seen for the Gen Z's, uh, the generations, two, two generations before you. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a big difference between making and earning money and inheriting it. <laughs> I've always thought big, that. Big, big difference, uh, no question. And I think that that may be the issue, you see, just like We've had a really robust economy the last four to five years, well, and it's cyclical. Ten years, but it's been a ten-year boom. Ten years, correct, yes. Yeah. We've had the biggest, uh, really, since 2009, yeah. uh, if you take the exception of 2000, 2002 with the dot-coms, we've had such a great run that I think most people have gotten spoiled and soft on reality, and the realities are hard times can come quickly. Our economy can change quickly. So we have to all save and invest, at, be like that squirrel planning for winter. <laughs> no so, free lunch. There's no, no free, free lunch. lunch. And uh, when I speak to someone like you, you understand this. I love the fact that you're still active. And um, we're going to have to do some other things together. Um, uh, if you're going to do, do something for veterans, we, you know, Randy and I and Jim will, will come play music. Yeah, I, I know. Would, yeah. I would love to also educate veterans and other people on uh, investing basics. I'm quoted in periodicals for the foundation principles of save money, invest wisely, don't have unrealistic expectations. Um, I would say people that are in the stock market now, uh, if you're still investing for the next 10, 15 years, maybe rebalance, but don't jump ship now. But if you're already retired and you're relying on uh, a safe withdrawal rate in your income, then you should have been prepared for this prior to all the stuff that's happening right now. I'm just thinking while you're talking, it'd be good to have you come to New Day and speak to our young people. They're yes. Like I say, the average age of 26, they're all college graduates, but in this country, we do not provide financial literacy literacy at any, at, from K through 12, and unless you've been in uh, economics or finance or accounting or something like that in college, you get no financial literacy. That's true. Uh, Governor so. DeSantis did sign a bill. I don't. Let's see if it's if it gets used. But I'm also part of a 501c called the Society of Financial Awareness, and that's exactly what I do. I actually do educational workshops on so many topics: debt, investing, Social Security, Medicare, um, home purchases, college planning, estate planning, and. 
I'm surprised how many people do not take me up because it doesn't cost them anything. I don't charge yeah. for that. I come in and, and it's either a structured or an open forum. I certainly have many partners that help with 401ks, but I'd be absolutely happy to talk to young, younger people. I just did a podcast recently. You know, if an 18-year-old got in the habit of putting away $100 a week, which they spend more than that doing yeah. other things. Beer and pizza. Huh? They would be... They, they, <laughs> They'd have a couple million dollars by the time they're in their 60s. Yeah. And, you know, you do it and you don't think about it like clockwork. Or if you are younger and you have a family, that's the best time to buy life insurance because you're never going to be never as healthy. Cheaper. Yeah. It's cheaper. You can build cash. For, there's so many things that I, I know my first passion in life was rock and roll and playing with these famous bands. But I, I have a passion for this to help people so that they can withstand storms like we're going through now. We're going through a yep. tough economy. The job market still scratch, I still scratch my head. Unemployment is supposedly low, but when you go to a restaurant, they have a sign, please be patient. We can't find work. Yeah, <laughs> workers. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it's all over, yeah. I, so I guess, you know, uh, any, um, if they want to find New Day, they're, you're plastered all over the internet and a TV. Uh, you can get a loan if you're a veteran. Um, I would. I thank you so much for for being part of the show here. I would just say, if you're a veteran and doing anything with your home mortgage, give us a call. I don't really. I mean, do I care? I would like to have you be a new day client, but I'm not. It, mm. It's not just get the information that we could provide for you. And if you can get a better deal somewhere else, go for it. We want you to get the best deal you can. We. Our goal is to get every veteran in a home. Right. Uh, anything we could do to help a veteran, and so. Uh, through the VA home loan. And it's a benefit that they've earned. Yes. Uh, and so we have earned as veterans. Uh, so many of them don't even know they existed. They seem like 12% uh, of all veterans even know that they have that benefit. That's so hard to believe that they don't know that they can get this But you think about mortgage. it, you think about it, they spent four years in the Marine Corps, boom, they're out, they get you know, right out in the civilian world, they're all of maybe eight, 22 years of age now, went from Marine Corps in high school, they get out of 22, and they get out and they start working in a job and 20 years later they've got a family, they go buy a home and they don't remember. They don't, you know, the military has been something in their past. They had a good, a, a good feeling about it, but they don't remember any of the benefits. And uh, it's something our country does for the veterans and it's something we're trying to educate the veterans as much as we can. Sure. It's such a wonderful benefit to have. No money down and uh, you don't have to put up your uh, insurance costs and all these things. Uh, and it's the cheapest you can get out there. So uh, it's, it's a heck of a deal. But I agree. I, I, if you're a veteran listening to this podcast, uh, please take advantage. You've earned it just like you've earned help with your medical uh, uh, plans that are available to you. I don't, I don't have free medicine. I, I have co-pays. It's not like I have a free ride. But believe me, if I didn't have the, the, the VA, I would be stuck dealing with the Affordable Care Act and the, the things that are out there that in my opinion, uh, I have a much better plan. They do take care of me, it's a great facility. And certainly if you're looking to buy a home, even though rates are up to 6%, you're still better off than renting. Take advantage of it. Uh, give a call. What have you got to lose? Nothing. <laughs> and it'll be a nice conversation. It'll be treated with dignity, deference, and respect. And I get all the complaints in the company. <laughs> Did never do I get your, your Account executive lied to me or were disrespectful or rude or anything like that. And we record every call in or out. So, uh, 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm very proud of that. Yeah, that's great because really most consumers, whether you're a veteran or not, you always want to be dealt with on a respectful... And a veteran is like, like all of us. I mean, you get turned down on the loan. I can't give you the loan. You don't qualify. He gets upset. So sometimes he'll yell at my guy or my or she or him. Yeah. They'll yell. And, but, then I'll, and, and, and but it has to do with that credit score, right? If they don't... I they, thought 650 was a minimum that you needed. Yeah, well, Can you do one for a 630 or so? We've gone as low as 600. Okay. Oh, yeah. And this is a an, an delinquency rate. When I joined the company in, uh, as a board member back in 2011, our delinquency, after I did the, learned what the business proposition was sure. and what they were doing for the veterans, I said, okay, what's your delinquency rate? Because if we help the veteran today, Six months from now, the family still has those credit cards, could be in worse shape than he is today, but they've seen what hell looks like. Mm -hmm. They're never going back. And uh, so our delinquency rate then was 1.9%, when fleet average was about 7 or 8%. Today, our, our delinquency rate is 0.41, and fleet average is 3 or 4% out there. So we are a tenth of anything that's out there because we, uh, we make sure that we're not going to. But we're just not going to let the, the veteran get in worse shape than he's in. So that net tangible benefit, uh, and most of them have some recurring income. Uh, they, we've ever had a disability or retirement or uh, retirement from the a bus or police or EMT or something like that. Sure. So uh, and they're and they're good, conscientious, good, wonderful people. Uh, they've got we've got that military ethos, that discipline, that perseverance, and that. I want to do right, and I want to get back on my feet and never let that happen again. So I think a lot of employers are, like to uh, they like to hire veterans because veterans tend to be more structured, disciplined, hardworking. I know there are there are always exceptions, but for the no most question. part, they do like to find veterans and and give them you know. Uh, I'd rather uh, see see them flipping a, a burger or making a sandwich than being homeless sleeping in a parking lot behind that fast food place. Well, uh, Rear Admiral Thomas Lynch, what an honor and pleasure to have you. I hope we can do some things together. Thank you for oh, your sir. service. Thank you, Dennis. Thanks for, for being a, a great uh, guest here. And uh, we'll have to figure out how to mess around with uh, Randy Lundy because <laughs> he's one of your biggest fans too. Randy's a good man. I, uh, <laughs> and uh, even though he's an army guy, even he's though all right. like me, yes, I know. <laughs> it's kind of like you talk to Marines, we don't count either, well, right? Because yeah. Marines are like, you know, ah, eh, army guys, whatever. Well, I, I tell Randy, you know, you're army guys. Somebody's got to be on the JV. So what's <laughs> the problem? Well, he's and he's an officer, and I'm uh, non-commissioned, so I tell him that I work for a living. Exactly. And he says, well, somebody has to be the brains. So, folks, make it a great day. Thanks for listening on the Danny Artachi Show. Make it a great day. Thank you. <laughs>